Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy. I'm one of your hosts. We are coming to you on Wednesday, October 11th, the evening of, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing well. We're here for Mountain episode number two. Um, see how today's internet holds up. But Mountain we are number working two. hard all day and working hard all day and talking Packers at night. Yeah, we're working hard all night too. You know, th- you know, this is really tough work here talking about the Green Bay Packers, especially after a game like we just saw on Monday night. <laughs> it took us a whole extra day to record this podcast because we had to process just how abysmal of a loss this was to a bad Las Vegas Raiders team. If you somehow missed this game, I envy you. This was not fun. It was not fun to watch. It may, may be a little fun to watch, but, you know, in retrospect, definitely not fun to watch. Packers lose 17-13, to 13, Monday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders. And, Dad, this game just absolutely sucked. This game sucked so hard. It was terrible. To only, sc- it to only score 13 points against the Raiders. That, that That's hurts. Bad. That's really bad. To only score 13 points, to lose... To a Raiders team that had only beaten the Broncos so far this year is really bad. It's bad. There's no two ways about it. Um, we'll be breaking it all down for you here. We'll be talking all about it. Got a lot of interesting things to talk about. Got a lot of tough discussions to have. But before we do any of that, just wanted to pitch a couple of things. If you like what you hear here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We tweet out articles. We tweet out um, when we have new episodes out, uh, pieces of news, keep you up to date on everything going on in Titletown. And what better time to come follow us than now as you get to watch us, uh, you know, be frustrated with the Packers as they head into their bye week. Uh, If you like what you hear here even more, come subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube. We would really appreciate it. It would really help our numbers. It would really help with algorithm. So, yeah, come give us a follow. Come subscribe. Turn notifications on. Whatever you feel like you're doing. But, Dad, this game, like we already said, was terrible. Um, definitely, hopefully, actually, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say, hopefully the low of the season, but, uh, it can always go lower. Well, um, but yes, but, but hopefully, hopefully two and three heading into their buy and boy, do they need a buy. Uh, but that's what we said last week. Boy, do they, yeah, but that's what we said last week. We said, hopefully, you know, the mini buy will fix it, but we'll see. Uh, but before we get into talking about the game, just a couple of pieces of news and notes, uh, nothing really major, uh, just that the Packers cut edge rusher Justin Hollins to make room for Patrick Taylor to be on the active roster on Monday, but have since cut Taylor and re-signed Hollins. So just a bit of maneuvers there. Nothing really major. Like, um, they just really needed wild, Patrick Taylor really wild pretty much there. for that game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's that for the news. Moving on to the injury update, though. And Dad, you know, this one was probably the biggest impact on the game, but... Going into the weekend, we kind of assumed that Aaron Jones would be able to play in this game and that they would have their star running back back after he was on a pitch count against the Lions the previous Thursday night, but ended up missing this game on Monday after, according to Matt LaFleur, re-aggravating his hamstring at Saturday's practice. Hamstrings are notoriously fickle and re-aggravations happen a lot, but it really makes you wonder, like, what's this gonna, is this going to be just going on for the whole year where he can't quite get back up to 100%? Uh, beyond that, 
Quay Walker and Darnell Savage left with respectively a knee and a calf injury. They left the game and did not return. But according to Rob Domofsky on Twitter, uh, LaFleur has said that they aren't sp- significant injuries and that they might be able to return for the Broncos game post by. So at least that's some good news there. Dad, I'm not going to he- sit here and try and sell you a bill of goods that, you know, if Aaron Jones played this game, they definitely win. They should have won this <laughs> game either way. They they should have won. And there's no excuses, but not having him after game planning him for all week is, you know, that's tough. But at the same time, it's like, you're not playing a good team. So it's like, I don't know. Do you want to just get into the game breakdown and start ranting and raving? Because I love ranting and raving. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> this, this game deserves some ranting and raving because the, uh, you know, the, the, the Packers scored the fewest points against the Raiders of any team all season so far. That's something I didn't realize. I just looked it up. They had given up 16, 38, 23, 24, and then 13 to us. That sounds that sounds about right. No, this game was a disaster. Um, let's talk a little bit about it. Let's start with the game breakdown. Biggest moment of the game. Um, this is based on ESPN win probability is how we do it. Uh, in this one, it was Jordan Love's first in- interception to Robert Spillane over the middle of the field. Um, just a yuck decision. Um, he said he just didn't see the linebacker. I think he was trusting that the play action would draw the linebackers up. Kind of similar to his interception against the Lions where Anzalone tipped it up in the air and then it was intercepted by someone else. I, I think maybe he just was like, oh, the play action draws the linebackers up and then I throw it here. But he just ne- said he never saw the linebackers. Um, this was a 25.9% swing from a 50.1% chance of winning for the Raiders to a 76% chance of winning for the Raiders. So yeah, not great. Um, yeah, I was talk- trying to watch. Well, I was watching the replay of that play, and I'm thinking, is he looking off to the left? Is he doing a no look pass on this? It was a little hard to tell exactly where his eyes were turned on the on the replay. That's just showing him as he throws the ball. Yeah, I, I didn't necessarily know if it was that, but for me, yeah, just I mean, you can't make that decision there. Um, but dad, do you no, want to and, talk and, about and the, the, the receiver wasn't even open without him no, there? Not even a little open. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, if you want to talk about the offense first, uh, this was definitely Jordan Love's worst game so far this year. It was bad. It was a bad game. Um, I think, yeah. you know, like we've said all year, the only thing that matters is how he looks this year. Past two weeks have been the worst two weeks for him so far of the year. The fact that he's kind of getting, you know, the Lions game, I wouldn't say was his fault. This game... He was not good. Um, some of the play calling was questionable, but he just wasn't. He just wasn't good in this game. Um, we can get into that. Uh, do you want to start? Let's start with a conversation about Jordan Love. I- I'm just going to read off some stuff. Um, he was not good in this game. 16 of 30 for 182 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. 77 of those yards were on one play. Uh, so besides that, it was just 15 of 29 for 105 yards. By far his lowest PFF grade of the year. Um, he just hasn't been seeing the field well the last two weeks. And according to Rob Domofsky, he went 2 of 10 with three interceptions on throw pa- throws past five yards down the field. It's just not it's just not Man. good enough. They didn't get their first third down conversion via the pass until the fourth quarter. Went 4 of 12 on third down for the day overall as a team. Uh, it's just yeah, bad. I remember when they announced, game. I remember they announced game. that. Do you, think, do you want to add? Well, I remember when they announced that during the game that, oh, this is the first first down uh, by pass. I'm like, wait, what? And so I could talk a little bit. I'll, I have I have bad things as well about love, so maybe I'll I'll do that next. 
So as you said, it's like the worst game by Love this year. It's only a 47 PFF grade and a QB rating of 32. His QB rating trend, week one, 123, then 113, week then 66, 69, and 32. His EPA per play, also trending down. This week, it was negative 409. In week four, it was negative 264. Week three, it was 0.092. Week two, 0.405, and week one was 0.546. So getting worse every week. Um, in addition to that, you know, that one play with the interception where he basically threw it right to the linebacker, he had other you know, kind of batter off target plays. Like he, where, when he tries to do that pass across the field to Dylan Flatty, he like way under threw him so that he couldn't get it before it bounced off the turf. And I feel like in the last interception of the game, he underthrew Watson on that one. Um, and just basically, it wasn't even a 50-50 ball. He had other plays, though, that weren't his fault. Like, I feel like the the other deep pass to Watson that he missed, uh, it's kind of off his fingertips, he didn't quite track the ball well. I think he tried to, uh, like, lean into the def- um, defensive back, but the pass was actually out in front of him. And so then he couldn't reach it by the time he, um, when the ball got there. But yeah, still, I, I not didn't... a good game for Love. Except for running. Oh, yeah. I... His... He ran well. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think Watson had a very good game in this one. I know he had that big seventy-seven yard catch, um, but I. I didn't think he tracked the ball particularly well. Um, I think it was Andrew Hawkins on ESPN was talking about how he feels like when Watson turns back to track the ball, he slows down substantially. So a few ones that look like overthrows are just Watson not maintaining speed through his breaks. I. I don't know, but but for love, I mean. Uh, worry meter one to ten where are you right now ten being very worried one being not worried at all um i think i'm firmly at like a like a five i'm like a i was five gonna right say I, um, I th- i'm a little bit more at a seven you're at a seven on on the worry meter it, yeah. it has not been good i, I think i'm more weeks. worried it has that. not been good at all no i do think and yeah. even the, his I, good I games have some troubling underlying numbers. This is true. I mean, going into going into this game, I mean, they kind of had an un, unsustainable touchdown percentage on red zone drives, which we kind of knew. Um, the fact that his EPA per play was so high when his completion percentage over expect, expectation was really low was, was not, you know, that's hard. Um but yeah, no, it's 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 tough. Yeah, um, yeah, and also they're like points per yardage yards gained. It's also seemed kind of unsustainable. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what I. I think the big thing is you'd like to be seeing him get better each week. I think week one was the best the best he's played, or I would say week two was the best he's played against the Falcons. Week one was good. Week three was week three had good moments, but weeks four and five, I I don't actually, I don't really. The Lions game is whatever. I think that was an entire disaster head to toe of the entire team. But this game, I would say, was you know he lost them the game in this one. I think three interceptions, only thrown for 180 yards. I know I, I have problems with how some of the play calling was in the first half, but it's just not great. And he did he got a little better in the second half. But so according to Peter Bukowski, this is an interesting stat in a not fun way. Um, he's pretty much like the worst quarterback in the league in the first half of games. But he does lead the NFL in EPA per play in the second half of games. So 
give him at least something there. But at the same time, like he didn't play well in this game. There are times he's nothing feels easy for this offense right now at all. And maybe we can trans transfer into talking about some other parts of this offense that are frustrating right now, because it just seems so difficult for the offense as a whole. Is there anything more you wanted to say on love? I feel like we kind of covered it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel know, like we haven't seen just, that. Like, it, yeah. In, in rhythm play that we saw in like the Eagles game, it's like, um, hit the hit the um the drop and fire it and just work the field quick decisions quick plays they're kind of I don't know messing around and it's either throwing short for almost nothing or throwing well, deep so for nothing. I, yeah, I mean, let's transition into talking about some other negatives for the offense. Um, is there anything positive you have to say about the offense? I mean, we can get that out of the way. I thought Dylan looked better in this game. Uh, 20 carries for 76 yards, just 3.8 yards per carry. The fact that that's a good game um, is just kind of indicative of how bad it had been. Um, it is his highest yards and yards per carry on the year, and it's also his first rushing touchdown. Uh, so there's that. Um, I thought the O-line looked a little better in the run game. Um, still not great. Specifically, like the one drive where they, off of Rudy Ford's interception, they really pushed the line back. They actually got some movement, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Like we're like we're running the football. It's October. Like Dylan's doing something." And then a lot of the rest of the game, they were not doing that. Um, you know, it looked better in spurts, but you know, actually, each lineman who played, each lineman who played both the Lions and the Raiders game actually were worse run blocking this week than last. Um, part of that's because of game script. It's easier to run when you're down by 30 and they don't really care. Uh, but yeah, dad, let's just get the positives out of the way. What do you have positive to say about this game? So I can piggyback on your Dylan stuff. Cause I had some things on him too, about being his best game, best PFF, um, grade overall. He actually had good pass blocking, um, grade as well. After being bad in some of the games and, you know, and even though he had, he had his, most total yards of 76, yeah, despite only 3.8 yards per attempt, which is still it's still the best of, of the year, being at 3.8. But I felt like in the beginning, his carries were mostly successful. Um, so 10 of his first 14 runs went for four yards or more. But then it kind of fizzled out after that, and he finished with only one of his last six going for four yards or more. And that kind of started at the goal line where they went like negative two and then one yard and then the incomplete and end up with a, t- uh, a field goal after the 77 yeah. yard bomb to, to Watson Watson. And I mean, I understand going run, run there because essentially the previous drive, you would just ran it down their throats, like eight straight plays. So it's like, Oh, like yes. we'll just do that again. But they just didn't, they just didn't duplicate that There's effort no movement. in that next drive. There was like and, five people there ready to tackle no- him where he went. Yeah, and I mean, there were so many times where it's like, oh, there's three Raiders in the backfield. Oh, there's two Raiders in the backfield. Almost always one of them was Max Crosby. Um, let's start talking about the negatives, Dad. Uh, I, I have a couple I, more positives, surprisingly enough. Oh, you do? Oh, get, get him out of the way then. Let's let's <laughs> just get... Yeah, let's say him. So, so Runyon, um, actually, he led the um, O-line in pass blocking grade at 87.4. He was the only one who didn't allow pressure. And by far, his best pass blocking game of the year after really struggling last week, which may have been because of the injury he had during the game. I also felt like there were some inter- um, couple of nice plays from Deguara on the downfield block 
on Love Scramble, which immediately followed by the nice catch and run for 19 yards. And then I was trying Love. to figure out because there's talk about how the um, the receivers weren't getting open. So I thought, well, let me let me do a little dive into what this game and see uh, if I can find like uh, average yards of separation. So per next gen stats, Watson's so and the the NFL average for yards per separation according to the next gen stats site is two point nine four. Watson was over average, Dobbs is over average, Reed was over average, Jaguar was over average, and Musgrave were all over average. At Watson three point two yards, Dobbs three three seven, Reed three nine two, Deguara three six two, and Musgrave five point four two. Musgrave actually currently leads the whole league in um uh yard a- average separation of five yards per per pass. I yeah, I, I actually you know, in Love's defense, I felt like the receivers were not good in this game. A lot of drops, um, just specifically the ones at the oh, end, Dobbs on the sideline, especially grave up the middle. Crucial, crucial um, yeah. situations, like high swing drops. Uh, Watson down the middle of the field when he dropped the big bomb that uh, Love threw, and he he kind of yeah he just dropped it at the catch point. Um, Watson not going up for the like getting essentially mossed by a five eight corner like Amik Robertson at the end. I, I didn't think the receivers played particularly well in this game. Um, not to absolve love, uh, but yeah. Um, let's go to the negatives, though, Dad. Uh, I'll start us off. I'm starting slow again. Uh, I don't know what the fix is because, you know, Jordan Love talked about this. Uh, oh, and I just wanted to add. Actually, I'm not even going to add that part. But Jordan Love talked about how, you know, th- they asked him, what do they, what does he think the the team is doing well? And this is kind of our, we, we like to do a section that's like what they're saying. Uh, and I forget who asked him the question, but they asked him what they think the team is doing well, and he thinks he was saying they think that they do a good job of responding to what the defense is doing. And I would say yes, because, like, you know, you're coming out of the second half and you're better in every game, but again in this game, just three points in the first half, they're averaging just 5.2 points per game in the first half of games, which is 29th in the league, according to Matt Schneidman. In the last three games, according to Rob Domoski, they've been outscored 54-6 to six in the first half. Um, like we already discussed, Love is essentially, he's like worst in the league in completion percentage over expectation and fourth worst in EPA per play in the first half of games. I mean, I don't know what it is. To me, a lot of it does fall on coaching. I thought the early game plan was terrible. Um, so many screens that just went nowhere, specifically the ones that were just making me pull my hair out were the third and eight screen to Dylan and then a third and 11 kind of not really a screen, but just like a pass two yard downfield to Patrick Taylor that love misses, but should have been complete, but I don't think would have gotten the first down anyway. I mean, just like a third and eight, we're treating it like it's this un it's, this impossible conversion. We have to yeah. throw a screen because otherwise we don't have a prayer. I mean, that's just, you're playing scared. I hate how we keep not going for it on fourth and short fourth and three on the opening drive, and we're just out there trying to get them to jump, and we're taking a delay of game? It's fourth and three. It's I'm not fourth s- and five. We're not fourth and seven. Like, I'm so tired. It. I'm so tired of seeing them only try to draw them off sides and yes. never actually go for it. It's driving me crazy. Just the it, It's all the data says you should go for it there. And yeah. they just basically give up. You're at midfield. You're giving up. You're just giving up on the drive. You're like, we're, we're good. And it's the we're same fine. thing that you're we're just saying about like failing. third eight, third eleven. They're making it like it's third and twenty. You can't get first down. You're just trying to get a few yards to get better field position on the punt. They've already given up on getting the first down. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I know third and eight is like third, like it's third and long, but you can you can throw like you don't need to throw a screen. I I just I don't know. It's Beyond like they're that, afraid to let. Coaching. It's like they're afraid to let Love really try something. Yeah, which you know is that an indictment of the coaching? Is that do they have they watched Love play the last two weeks and haven't been very happy with how he's played? I don't know. And then the other thing is, you know, just we talked about it in pregame. You had to have a plan for Max Crosby. He was the only player on that defense who could actually have an impact on this game. And he took over the game. Seven pressures, one sack, four tackles for loss. That undersells how impactful he was in this game. And what they were doing is like, I, I don't understand. I think Ben Fennell said this, like, this this looks great on the whiteboard. These these plans to have a tight end, Tucker Craft, rookie tight end, third round pick, come across the formation and clear him out. Looks great on the whiteboard, but he didn't the, even those, touch him. The, those little X's and O's on the whiteboard can move a lot faster than a human on a field. It's like, oh yeah, not you can get that, there easy. Not if that O is Max Crosby. He's moving a lot faster than that O on the whiteboard. Um, you're like, trying to have, yep. you're trying to have two tight ends block him on like a, a longer developing drop back. I don't get that at all. One of, Ben Simmons doesn't even touch him. Um, like you're not putting your team in a position to succeed. They like I, they did do at times. They chipped him with tight ends, but he abused them all game long. Like he was just killing them all game long, and it's like. This is the only guy you had to worry about. He's the only one on the defense yeah. you had to worry about. But the thing that mad. really drives me crazy, you know, you can expect like, he's a great player. He's going to make plays. But when you make plans that anybody would look at and say, this is going to fail, why do you do it? It's like, why do you have Kraft going across the formation to try to block him? He can't get there in time. It's already too late. He's gone. He's in the backfield. It's done. Play's dead. You knew that before the play started. And uh, having two t- why do you have two tight ends trying to block their best pass rusher instead of having a tackle in there. Two rookie tight ends. Two, Two rookie, rookie tight, tight ends. ends. Yes. I, like, maybe if one of them is Mercedes Lewis. Maybe. But, like, I I, I don't know. I, I did not like the game plan in this game at all. I thought this was one of LaFleur's worst, worst performances as a coach um, in terms of, like, putting players in position to succeed. Just not... If, it felt like they didn't give the offense a chance. Like, for a lot of the game, they just didn't even, get, like, I don't know. I don't know. What what did you have, Dad? So, the other bad things. So, part of it we just talked about was the Crosby and not really having intelligent blocking schemes for him. Um, and then the one, and then we talked about love. But one more thing. We had talked about this before the game about how the Raiders were actually kind of soft in the middle against the passing game. Well, we only made, had one attempted pass in the middle between 10 and 45 yards. So they hardly I mean, even attacked the middle of the field. But when and we that's did, where, it's not like it went very Vegas, well. I mean, you had the, they, but, you have, but they're last in the league there. They're dead last in the like short and intermediate middle of the field by DVOA. Yeah, but we did, that's, like, that's where we threw two of our three picks was thrown <laughs> in the middle of the field. So well, that was another. So the second one was, you know, another one of Love being kind of off, a little off target, um, not leading him, um, giving a chance for the DB to come in. Anyway, yeah. How come we couldn't abuse these defensive backs? Is a mystery to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was a bad game. It was a terrible game from the offense. 
Um, is there anything else you really want to talk about with them? I mean, I don't know. I, and the thing is, like, Jones coming back is not going to fix that. And I don't really... I don't They've know got entirely... A... I was going to say, I don't entirely know why. Are we sure Rashid Walker is better than Yash Nyman? Like, are we sure? I'm not. I, I don't know why they haven't decided to try to go back to him yet. I don't know what... Was it that bad? I understand but that I think Walker was. I, I understand. I understand that Walker was better than him in the preseason. But Nyman, like NFL actual games, I feel like has played better than Walker has in these games. Um, I don't really know. I don't know. Do you put L- the the tackles were getting killed? Like Rasheed Walker was getting killed by Max Crosby in this game, and that's understandable. He's a second year, seventh round pick at tackle who I mean he struggles especially in run blocking and the team can't run the ball none of them can really run block very well right now so it's not like I I hate to single him out but I mean I I don't know I don't know I'm interested to see if they change anything after the buy I said this last week though I mean I was like maybe they go to Nyman after this mini buy they stuck with Walker and I don't know that Nyman would for sure be better but I know that Nyman has had I think on average looked better in actual NFL games than Walker has. I I don't know. I I'm not entirely sure why they're sticking with Walker at this point. And we kind of saw it last year where you know to start the season they made some I I think last year was obviously worse, but they made some questionable decisions on personnel along the offensive line and then they changed it later. But I don't know. I I would be interested to see what Nyman would give you there left tackle. And that's just kind of my two cents on the issue. I'd like to see it anyway. And also, I feel like they're going to need to rethink their kind of whole game plan approach. What kind of plays they're calling. Um, It seems like they they do very little in the intermediate depth of the field right now. Maybe to Musgrave and almost nobody else. I'm not even... to To me, it's like... Has a single run to the outside worked this year? Have we oh, run and, and, outside the like outside left tackle or outside right tackle one time with success this season? We're getting and they need to take every like. Ball, I would say any time they take like one of those like reverses or sweeps out to the wide left, especially but wide, there's like six defenders there every time. We're not fooling anybody. Please bury that, burn that play, and bury it. Deep, deep, deep down, and never bring it back yes. out again. The thing is just so so it on, fails on burn Every, list. Burn. We, I would just say that play is a guarantee has been a guaranteed drive killer. Every time they brought it out, the thing is that play has been a guaranteed drive killer. Like burn book that play, burn book the tosses, burn book the option to the outside. I feel like most of their runs to the outside have been horrible. All year, and that's not to say that their runs up the middle have been good, but like they are getting, they're getting negative yards when they run outside at an alarming rate. I gotta look this up. We're gonna, I'm gonna look this up for the next episode, but we might need to do a preemptive autopsy on what on earth is going on with this run game, because and maybe I don't even know. I'm just spitballing. Maybe having Nyman in there instead of Walker might help. I can't say for sure that it will. I, I like Walker's struggle right now is he can't run block. He's the worst run blocker on the team. Um. I, I don't know how you fix it. 
but it's just it's just not working. It, it's just not working. They gotta they have to burn books. I mean, we could say that. we're gonna run out of plays to I, run. I hear you, exactly what I was about to say. When I hear you list off what things you get rid of, we're running out of plays to run. Yeah, like uh, it's 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 just bad. It's so bad. I mean, the run game is bad. The pass game had been like essentially carrying the offense, and now it's falling apart a little bit. I. Uh, they're not they're not running RPOs. I, I I can't remember where I read this tweet, but they only ran like a couple RPOs in this game. I, I don't hardly really... used it at all, and I don't understand which, it. And it's a lot of and a lot of the people who study a lot of football tape don't understand it either. Yeah, and like it had been successful for them in the past, and is, they just have no interest in doing it. I I don't know if Love doesn't like run that stuff well. Is is how they feel about it? They didn't. They haven't liked how it's been ran in practice. I, I don't even know. Dad, is there anything else you want to say about the offense? We've already, I've already said this once. Is there anything else you want to say about the offense? And we just get back to ranting and raving. <laughs> we went down because, another rabbit hole, rabbit hole yeah. of despair. I mean, the offense is just so bad. And the thing is, the offense. You, you know is bad. how bad it is. You know how bad it is. How how bad is it? You, you know what I'm. Let's move on to the defense to find something better to talk about. I was about to say that. It was like the defense is was good in this game. It was good in this game, but I don't trust it. I don't trust the defense. They they played very they played very well in this game, and I think they should get a lot of credit for keeping the Packers in this game. At the same time, you're playing the Raiders. Raiders are not exactly a juggernaut. Um, they did they did well. I, I actually thought Joe Barry coached a very good game. Um, we can talk about some positives and negatives. Um, obviously, everyone's going to be like, "Well, he had Preston Smith guarding Devontae, so actually Joe Barry's an <laughs> idiot." And yeah, you should not do that. That should not happen. Uh, but at the same time, I think on the whole for the day, I thought the game plan seemed like a good, they seemed to have a good game plan going in. Um, uh, let's start with the negatives though. So, so, okay. I just want to, I want to, I'm going to talk a little bit if that's okay, dad. I, I know I never, I never do that ever. You, I never talk at you, all. You vamp for a while and maybe I'll find something on the internet to read while you, while you, uh, while you go in yeah. your spiel. Well, here's the thing. It's like, I thought that the Packers defense was really good in this game. So they hold them to 14, they hold them to 17 points. Three of those are like, you did a really good job to hold them to three because there was the first pick to Spillane um, where, you know, Raiders have great field position and you hold them to a three and out and you force yeah, a field goal. And it was right after a touchdown where the defense had been on the field a long time too. And they had to yeah, come right so, back out there after so, one play. So really great stuff there. And, you know, they did pretty so okay. There's a lot of stuff where it's like I I feel like they did a good job, and then I look at how the Raiders performed compared to their usual performance, and I'm like, oh, the Raiders are just bad. Um, so it's like I'm like, wow, th- like we did a really good job on third down. We held them to five of thirteen. It's like yeah, that's good if it isn't the Raiders because that's actually a 38 percent conversion rate, and per TeamRankings.com, they were at 31 percent for the season. So we actually let them be a little better than they usually are. Um, you know, I was like, oh, like. We did a really good job containing Josh Jacobs. Like, uh, he only ran for three something a carry. Uh, but you know, going into this game, th- this is the highest yards he's had in the game rushing so far, and the second highest yards per carry he's had in the game so far this season. Um, there, there are definitely things that they did well. Uh, they held, you know, they held Jacobs in the passing game down very well. Just five catches for twenty yards was averaging. He was averaging forty three receiving yards a game for the year. They held Devontae to just four catches for 45 yards. He is dealing with a shoulder injury, so that could have been part of it as well. But, you know, four catches for 45 yards for Devontae, I'd consider that a win. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I think the defense did very well. But I think part of that, like them doing that well, is just that the Raiders are bad. Um, and there were just the, the the bad things in this game were just that they str- so they struggled with Jacoby Myers, seven catches on ten targets for seventy five yards and a touchdown. It felt like any time they wanted to give him the ball, they were able to get him the ball. And then the other one was they're just they were not making like the specific one that I think about. They were not making the plays that were there. And the one I'm thinking about is Keyshawn Nixon in the slot at the goal line should have had a pick six. He should have had a pick six. They have the perfect coverage dialed up and he is ready to jump that in-breaking slant and take it all the way back. And he just, he just fails. He just, misses he just fails to break on the ball. He, he just break didn't on the break ball. on the ball. Yeah. He just and Rasul Douglas is losing his mind after the game. He is jumping up and down and screaming at Keyshawn Nixon because he knows that they had the perfect play lined up. And Rasul's like, "All right, Keyshawn, like, like you know what you have to do. You know where the ball is going. This is a house call." And he just and, doesn't. And that's he exactly just doesn't the jump kind the of, route. That's, that's exactly the kind of play that um, Rasul loves to make too: is to jump the route and and take the ball the other way. And he was, oh, Rasul was furious. It was not the only time Rasul was furious in this game. He he was jumping up and down a couple times. And, you know, and we'll we'll see a little bit more, and I'll let you talk about the defense. And and I think the defense is starting to get a little frustrated because, so Jair Alexander after the game, that's like from Ryan Wood on Twitter. Uh, this is like their what they're saying section. But he said, quote, I think at this point it's pretty obvious the defense needs to not give up any touchdowns. I think that's the part of being self-critical of our defense because the offense is pretty young and they're still figuring out their mojo. I think I've seen the the quote chopped to just the first sentence and it makes it sound really bad. The I think the second sentence adds some important context. But at the same time, you know, we see Rasul getting frustrated. I, I, I just, um, I don't know. I, I think the defense played well in this game. They played well. They put the defense has played well enough to win three of the games, at least. Um, and I just don't... I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I I don't really have anything else to say about the defense. Dad, did you have anything you wanted to add for them? Uh, sure. I'll talk about... Uh, so the good things I had was kind of like situational football. Twice they managed to force the Raiders to punt because of sacks on third down. One by Kenny Clark on the first possession and one by Preston on the Raiders' um, second possession. So, And then also in terms of situational football, managing, as you mentioned, to hold the Raiders to just a field goal and only three yards in a field goal after Love's interception gave them first and goal at, I think it was the eight. Um, overall, I, I had you know, Rasul with a really nice game. He had five tackles, no missed tackles, two pass breakups, and a pass rating of only 56.3 into his coverage. And he really seemed kind of really um, in the, kind of zoned in, cued into what the defense needed to be doing on a play, and even knowing what everybody else needed to be doing. As, and getting frustrated when they weren't doing what they should have been doing. Um, I thought Preston had a yeah. – Pre- Preston had. I thought Preston had a good game. PFF didn't like his game, um, though he had four I thought, pressures. I thought Preston played sack, well. well well, here's why. It's kind of an interesting story. Preston had, a, he had, Preston had a sack, four pressures, and a batted ball on third down that forced the field goal after the INT so that they couldn't get the um, conversion. But he had a really poor coverage grade. And and that's, I think, what oh, knocked his overall grade down. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, Which really shouldn't be thing. counting against him. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be part of his grade. 
It's like, yeah, you did a really good job. You did, sorry, you did a really bad job guarding Devontae Adams. It's like, yeah, no <laughs> shit. I, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what do you expect him to do? And that's the thing. Yeah, like, it's just that's hilarious that that's actually, it would have been better off if he just didn't fall in coverage at all and pretended he wasn't co- supposed to cover him. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, had, he was good at tackling, good at pass rush. But then his coverage grade was like in the twenties because he's, yeah, why and, is he in coverage in the first place? Yeah, no, and, and the thing is, like that, like I think yeah. people. And so that was people. Have, so yeah, I, I got to give. Go ahead. I was just saying, I got to impress some props for having a good game, even though his overall grade wasn't good. Yeah, and I I thought that. So, what are your thoughts on? So I feel like I've seen a lot of people complain about Joe Barry after this game and using that play as like evidence for it. I feel like Joe it's Barry not even, a good game. I think overall they had a good game. I think every once in a while we run into a situation where there's a call that is obvious is going to fail. To me, though, the same that's as like, not even – but to, to me, to me, that's not that, – like that is you make a call – and then they get into a look that really breaks that call. So it's like, what do you, what would you have them? Would you have them call a timeout? Would you like burn a timeout there? Is that worth it? Is would it's you worth have it, him? If, if it's worth it in the goal in the in the um, close red zone when you would you, you have him a, ju- a touchdown? Would you have Preston like, hey, if you if you find yourself matched up with Devontae Adams, jump offside. Just take the penalty. Tackle him. I heard something. people say that, that take that five-yard penalty. And there, it wouldn't even be a five-yard penalty, right? Or maybe it would have been. I'm not sure. Were they close enough where it wouldn't have been a five-yard? No, no, that was later. Um, but I, I, this one actually was probably one of the cleaner called games. But you do we do get things every once in a while. It's like, okay, that was never going to work. Just like the blocking with tight ends against Max Crosby was never going to work. We see some of those things on the defense, too. Um, I have a few... Kind of one of the was it was probably I've heard people say that it's more of a bad execution by uh, Luke Van Ness rather than bad alignment with Ford at the goal line on the uh, Jacoby Myers touchdown, their first touchdown of the game, where by the time he's caught the ball, he's already guaranteed to get in with because and but people say that Lucas Van Ness was supposed to drop immediately and he kind of takes a step in and then he can't kind of cover that passing lane. I'm not sure exactly what was supposed to happen there, but the, the play game was kind of is, failed from first step. The more I think about it, this game is so frustrating because the Raiders tried to lose the game. They kicked, like, they missed two field goals. And we'll talk about the special yeah. teams in a bit. Yash Nyman with the block on one of those. But the fact that they kicked a field goal on fourth and whatever, fourth and fourth not and, much. Fourth and one. I think it was yeah. fourth and one. I thought it was less than that. Even I thought it was like fourth and a half. Was well, what I was yes, thinking, but... I mean, officially, officially won. Yes, but, but yeah, like the the fact that they bail you out because let's be honest, I don't think there was a as well as even if the defense was playing out of their mind, I wouldn't like expect them to stop like a quarterback sneak there or a run there. Almost nobody like, stops that play. Exactly. So it's like they bail you out by kicking a fifty three yard field goal there because Josh McDaniels doesn't understand end of game management as we've seen multiple times. They missed the kick. Like, and then they missed a different kick. They, the Raiders are not good. And you lost to a team. Like, the I, I still, and I was saying this in the pregame. I was like, I don't see how they lose this game. I'm an idiot, apparently. Because, <laughs> like. Well, apparently by that, by that um, analogy, you're just blind. 
I don't know. I couldn't see I it. Was, I was literally like going into this game. I was like, I, I have no idea how they would lose to the Raiders. The Raiders are terrible. I was right. I was half right. The Raiders are terrible. The Raiders, the Raiders are terrible. <laughs> the Raiders just, are not uh, could, good. Do we just yeah, need to two, extra, the, to st- stretch our imaginations a little bit to figure out how we're going to lose a game? The two teams that the Raiders have beaten are the Broncos by a point. By a point. And us. Yeah, a team that like, gave up 70, 70 points? A team that is statistically one of the worst defenses of all time. Like, that's the company we're in right now. And we're playing them after the bye. We're playing the Broncos. You don't want to be. You don't want to hear me on this podcast. After if we lose to the Broncos, you do oh, not man. want to hear me. If we Explicit lose to the Broncos, marking, uh, blow it up. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be blow it up. Tank, tank. If we lose uh, the Broncos, yeah. if we lose to the if if we lose to the Broncos, we're already in the running for one of the top picks of the draft. We'd have to That's be. A good point. If we're bad enough yeah. to lose to the Broncos. But the problem is we've already won two games. But I'm not, I don't want to entertain the tanking thing yet because there's a lot of there's a lot of football to be played and you can bounce back players after the play, bye, yeah. get a little healthier. But but. I I think they need to re-examine how they're how they're scheming and planning things. I think they're not actually doing a good job on offense of of game planning. But I had yeah, a couple I'm of things kinda, more. Uh, I'm kind of. Oh, I was going to say, I'm kind of done with the defense. I want to talk more about the offense. Can we go back to well, the I defense? Well, I actually have some more of the, of the defense. Okay, go some, ahead. Go some ahead. bad things. So Jimmy G was 11 for 11 in the middle of the field with only with only two of the throws beyond 10 yards per next-gen stats. So they basically let him do what the only thing he's good at. Um, let him throw where he's had by far the most success when throwing past the line of, past the line of scrimmage this year per PFF. I think losing Quay Walker in this game really had a big impact here. And that's part of, uh, you know, that's connected to the Jacoby Myers getting, you know, the ball whenever, almost any time they needed. And they also totally, it's like, was Michael Meyer, Michael Mayer invisible? He had his average, well, um, his average yards of separation in this game. Can I, can I know what it was? Can I put a caveat? Can I put a caveat here? Okay. I just want to say, it's going to be hard to guard the middle of the field and tight ends when you're missing both your starting linebackers. Like, I think that's a fair, yes. like, a fair thing to add there. And, but, uh, well, most of them were leaking up the right side. I know, but and, usually it's the linebackers and, 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 and I, the safeties. Think... And, you're missing one of your, and you're missing one of your starting safeties back there as well. So, the, I, I have mean, to look you're to missing, see. I know the first completion was before. I'm think, pretty sure the first completion was before Walker was out because that was on the first possession. My whole point is you're two. missing you're missing the personnel that would generally be guarding tight ends. Yeah, in this game, but they wouldn't be. He was like unrecognized. Eight yards of separation on his three targets, gained 39 yards on two catches, and the one he was most open for, Garoppolo just missed him. Yeah, and oh, I remember exactly which play. He just overthrew him. He just he, he, yeah. and it was like down well, while well, he's down and he's low. right he's yeah. running towards the line of scrimmage and then throws it and overthrows him a little bit too much for him to get it there's like a a, a vast sea of green in front of him but part of what this this gets me to my things that make us think like where what is the state of pass coverage in the middle of the field if we are without Walker and Campbell at the same time it's just a waste well, it's, it's not good. I mean, but the thing is, you can say that about almost any team in the NFL. If any team in the NFL is missing their two starting linebackers and one of their starting safeties, it's not going to look great. So it's like, I'm not really that concerned about it. Because 
any team in the it was like how in, against the Lions I was like okay your left tackles out your left guards out your right guards hurt your right <laughs> tackles hurt it's not going to look good I'm I'm I hate to be I'm not reinventing the wheel I'm not telling you anything you haven't heard before but any team in the NFL that is missing missing or has hurt four of their five offensive linemen is going to get wrecked up front like okay that just can I have a is. question related to that okay why were we so unable to take advantage of their secondary? That's a good point because they're they're missing half their secondary. But and yeah. that's where I'm like, but that's where I'm like, that's on the receivers. How are the receivers not getting open against backup corners? Guys who have played a handful of snaps at most in the NFL. I mean, they were missing most of their good like not even good. They already had a bad pass defense and they're missing all their starters. So the guys that are backing them up are worse than the guys who are one of the worst defenses in the league. You know what I? You know, you know what I was terrible. I actually had this thought before the game. It's like, oh, I've had this before. Their their best players on a bad defense are going to miss the game, so the backups are going to be in, and all of a sudden they're better. It's like I feel like this has happened to me before. And happened to like, teams I root for before. Happened to the Packers before. Happened to my fantasy teams before. <laughs> what do you What do you think about the target distribution in this game? Have you looked at it? I, we're going back to the offense. I have I have notes. What are, what are your thoughts on the target distribution? You have, I'm gonna I have, I'm gonna read them off. I have for, you for, have receipts for the listeners. Christian Watson seven targets. Luke Musgrave seven targets. Patrick Taylor five targets. Romeo Dobbs four targets. Jaden Reed two targets, and then no one else with more than one target. I don't like it. I'm not a fan because the Watson ones are all just downfield deep, like, prayers, pretty much. And then one, like, quick out. And then the one on the pick. But, like, yeah, four of those This is what I feel shots. about the offense. This is how I kind of feel about the offense in general right now. It's just, like, it's got too many prayers. Um, That, that uh, you know, it, it's, like, what, 15% success rate if we're, if we're doing well? And not I mean, enough, I, not enough work for Reed in this game. I thought, I thought they would try to take advantage of Reed across the middle with a backup well, slot corner. Yeah, we and talked maybe about they just how didn't they, run eleven personnel much. Uh, so I can check that actually really quick. But the thing is, you know how we complained all last year about performative deep balls, and we're just taking, <laughs> we're just chucking it downfield just, just for, you know. Just, just yeah, we're still doing it. it. We're still doing it in some ways, and uh, everybody is always like giving Rogers a hard time about like throwing these YOLO balls downfield on you know third and four or whatever it is, and yeah, we're still throwing those YOLO balls downfield. So Jaden Reed was on the field for fifty percent of offensive snaps, uh, according to uh, something that Rob Domofsky posted. Uh, I don't know. To me, that's like it's okay, but. You got. I, I think he's looked really good when they've tried to get him the ball. I I don't understand. I, obviously, it's easy. It's I want to preface everything that I'm saying with it's very easy to second guess stuff when the result is this, when you put up 13 points on the Raiders in prime time, and you lose. So that's fair. That's a fair. Well, I, sh- I sure hope the, uh, the 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 coaching staff is looking at it in hindsight and analyzing what the hell was going on after a game like this. Yeah, because. You know, through three weeks when the offense was working the best, they were really hammering Dobbs and Reed. And in this game, they had a combined six targets for two catches and 11 yards. 
And one of those, because Dobbs had a had a pretty rough drop on that right sideline, but I just don't, I don't see it. I don't understand. If you, there's no rhythm, it's so disjointed. Everything feels difficult. Everything feels like you're either throwing it 50 yards downfield or you're throwing it two yards downfield. Like there is, there is no yeah. distribution of targets in terms of like, like a, a distribution in terms of like where you're throwing it to the field. You're not evenly spreading it out. I don't, I don't know if that's a love thing. I don't know if that's a Lafleur thing. But they need to get it fixed over the bye. I mean, it's they need to. I'm praying they they need to get it fixed over the bye because for your sanity, for my sanity, for my health. Like it's 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 tough. But we could sit here and rant and rave all day, and I think that'll be the title of this podcast: is Packers lose to Raiders, aka ranting and raving. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on the tight end usage in this game? Uh, Musgrave had the most snaps, Kraft had the second most, and Sims had the third most. He only had nine snaps. I'd be interested to see if they start well, I guess, trying to incorporate I guess you're not Sims. Calling, I guess you're not, not calling, calling uh, Deguara a tight end. Yeah, he's not a tight end. Um, I'd be interested to see if they try and incorporate Sims more than Kraft going forward. I feel like Sims has looked better. I think Kraft has a higher ceiling, so you could, like, if what, you want to make the argument, uh, Kraft, Sims more than, Sims. than Kraft. Um, but I, I was say, I was just saying that I think you can make the argument that like craft ceiling is higher, so you want to get him more snaps so he can develop. And if that's like the way they want to go, I I understand. But I think Sims has looked good when he's played, and I think nine snaps like you could you could get him a little more. I wouldn't hate if they they wanted to run more thirteen personnel, but then at the same time it's like okay, so you want to take Dobbs and Reed off the field, uh, like that's not exactly great because I think those are two of your better players as shown through the first three weeks of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I was, there's there's a lot more questions than answers right now. I guess is yeah. Is I mean, the Sims, moral of the Sims story. looked good on that one catch that he had earlier. At first, I saw it. I was thinking, "Ooh, the Kraft's getting a catch." It's like, oh wait, no, that's not Kraft. That's Sims. Yeah, he did very well. Uh, and but that was like the only thing he really did in the day. So I guess anyone can make one play. So maybe I'm just looking for hope, just anywhere I can find it. Um. But yeah, any anything else you want to add on the offense or the defense, Dad? Should we wrap up with special teams? I thought the special teams was fine. It was a disaster previous week, so I'm not going to trust it yet. But Carlson, you know, knock on wood, has still not missed a kick. He outperformed his brother in this game, which is pretty cool. Uh, Yash Nyman with a block on the, the kick. We'd love to see it. Uh, anything you wanted to add? Well, it's just, it was really just like a lot of touchbacks and fair catches from both teams. There were a couple like two yard or maybe maybe there's one six yard return in there, but otherwise there was very little really good directional punting by the Raiders, um, and mostly fair catches um, on both sides or or, or the, you know the kickoff was actually going out of the end zone, not even a chance to like try it nine or nine yards deep. So your, there wasn't really much on... to say about it. Yeah, what are your thoughts on them putting? Keyshawn back there on that punt return. I don't know. I think maybe they're just searching for something, searching for a spark. That's that's fair, but I have never particularly considered Keyshawn a very dynamic punt returner. He's an elite kick returner. But I feel like when he goes to return punts, I almost think Reed is better at punt returning right now. Like we've seen more more success from Reed punt returning than we have from Keyshawn. Um Reed's had some and good, that was kind of good uh, punt punt returns. Yeah, and that was kind of a weird one because they were like both back there. It almost seemed like they were trying to. I thought like on first watch, um, 
that they were trying to do the thing where it's like one guy goes the opposite direction of where the punt is going, and then the the uh, the um, oh try to uh, deke deke the uh, coverage team yeah exactly, and then the other guy comes all the way back, catches it, and he's alone. But then they both went the same. It was weird. It was weird. Um, but yeah, that was like my only you- qualm with the with the special teams in that one. So. They but, could have put uh, yeah. Keyshawn back and back on offense again. Couldn't have been worse than what they were doing out there. I That's the say. only is that, is that the only time they had a successful play around the outside was when it was Keyshawn. It's not the only time. I, I think Jones said Jones Just, had a couple in week one, but it it, huh. it definitely. I mean, because I'm thinking about it's like Falcons. No, uh, Saints was the one with Keyshawn, uh, and then beyond that, my brain is not finding any uh, Lions. I don't think you could find. A six, like a successful play of consequence in that game. Um, that when the game was, well, I, I guess they made it kind of like a one score game at the end. So I suppose that's something. Um, and then this game, no, I would say strong, strong to strong to stronger. No, uh, but dad, let's wrap this up. We've, we've gone on long enough player of the game. I said, Rudy Ford, I guess Preston Smith, maybe I, I gave it to Rudy Ford. I thought, I thought he looked good back there. He had the pick. Um, he did allow the touchdown. He was kind of, I don't understand why he was playing with outside leverage with no help in, inside. That didn't make any sense to me. But beyond that, he had a really nice tackle in Jacobs short. He was playing without like his usual running mate in, in the secondary. So, you know, that adds some difficulty there. Um, but yeah, that, I, I thought I, I would say Rudy Ford was my player of the game. Yeah. I went with Rasul. Yeah. yeah I mean, it wasn't get... a perfect game because he had, could have maybe had a pick on a play earlier. I think he felt like maybe he could have had a pick on a play earlier. But he had a couple breakups. Is like, um, and most and uh, didn't miss any tackles. Played solid. Kind of knew what was knew what they knew what was coming. Ready, but yeah, I yeah, mean, was, they, was, with the with the way the defense played, they should have won the game. That's like that's yeah, yeah. yeah. You notice neither one of us was were thinking about anybody on the uh, the offensive side of the ball. Didn't even cross my mind. No one on the maybe offensive go side with, of the ball. Maybe I should go with Yash. Maybe I should go with Yash Nyman. Maybe. I mean, if they end up winning that game, it's because of that because of that kick block. I I was I honestly almost was like Joe Barry called a great game. Like just give him the game ball. Why not? But anyway, this has been the Father Son Packers podcast. A little more disjointed than usual. A little more emotional than usual. Apologies for any inconsistencies with the audio. We're kind of working with the setup we have. We'll be back to a normal setup next week. Thank you for bearing with us. If you like what you hear here, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Come subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. Apple, Spotify, Google. We're on YouTube as well. We put all our episodes there as well. But yeah, thank you again for listening. We'll be doing one episode over the bye. We'll probably, I think, I think we kind of want to do a, I don't know, an autopsy probably, I guess, of the Packers running <laughs> game as it stands. I think that would be an interesting thing to talk about. We'll maybe talk about a couple things. Um, and then we'll be back to doing pre and post games once they're out of the bye. Thank you again, though, so much for listening. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.